G'day, and welcome to episode 124 of the Pack Heavy Podcast. My name is Hayden Thompson, and today's conversation is with Doa Jamal, who is a photographer located in Toronto that focuses on product shoots for CPG businesses, amongst many other things. So Doa shares her personal journey into photography during today's conversation, from being inspired by her cultural background, sunlight, and slow living. We also touch on the importance of capturing the essence of a product through the collaborative nature of working with the CPG founder and the significance of aligning the photographer's vision with brand identity. We also touch on the lost art of film photography, current day digital photography, and also what the future may look like with the fast approaching AI generated art movement. So get ready for another great conversation for all of the photographers and CPG founders out there listening today. All right, let's get stuck into it. Episode 124 with Doa Jamal. Doa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so thrilled to have you on. I'm very familiar with your work. Uh, We've got clients that work with you or you've worked with them. And I was introduced to you by Hope, who is a graphic designer. I had her on my show and she said that I must speak to you. And here we are. (laughs) Thank you. That was very kind of you and of Hope. I, yeah, I think I worked on Love the Grub and I believe she designed their their, their packages. Absolutely beautiful. I love her work. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm quite grateful that she felt yeah. the need to bring up my name, which is Good. very nice. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Uh, love the grub. I mean, we could talk about that business all day. Um, have you actually tried any of the chutneys that they've uh, that they're selling out in the world? Oh, definitely. I have yeah. like three chutneys in my fridge right now. <laughs> yeah, Aaliyah is awesome, um, or Aaliyah, I should say. Uh, mm-hmm. She's built a really beautiful brand, and I think that um, Hope did an amazing job of bringing it to life. And then obviously with your product shoots, which you know everybody is really familiar with if they're familiar with Love the Grub, um, it all tied in really well together. So yeah, I'm thrilled because what I found is when I was looking on your website, you've got a very specific aesthetic that is somewhat signatory to who you are. And, um, you know, you don't see it out there very often. I find that a lot of uh, photo shoots with, you know, product photo shoots can be, you know, kind of bland, run of the mill, nothing special. But you seem to really focus on, um, you know, the props or the, what would you call it? The Would you call it a prop sort of what you build? Yeah, the the props, the setups. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, the setups is, is a more, you know, uh, a term that you could use for like the whole uh like the yeah. composition everything um yeah. yeah i i also truly enjoy working with colors and i feel like that's one thing that when i started out i didn't see a lot of necessarily mm-hmm. uh i think a lot of i think maybe like back when uh, everybody was kind of going for like the neutral colors and mm-hmm. the you know the beige and creams and stuff like that which yeah. are absolutely beautiful um uh, I just personally found that I color just evokes so many emotions and mm. I love to use that, um, you know, to create beautiful imagery, but still something that aligns with the brand mm-hmm. and their uh, and their style and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I can't wait to dig into it with you. Um, before we kick off into the show, though, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I was born and raised in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, both my parents are from Yemen. Mm-hmm. which is like a neighboring country to Saudi. Yep. Um, they had all of us, my five siblings and I in Saudi, and uh, I've lived there until 2014. Mm-hmm. In 2014, my family and I moved or uh, moved from Saudi to Vancouver, BC. Mm-hmm. And I lived there until about like the summer of 2021. Mm-hmm. 
And then I moved to Toronto and I've been here since then. A lot of moving. How did you find the culture shock of moving to Canada from Saudi back in the day? Um, it was, you know, it was, it was definitely a cult. There was a element of culture shock for sure. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think now that I'm, I look back, I think big part of it was, um, the absence of community. Like yeah. we were literally, you know, like we moved from a place where we knew so many people, we had so like such beautiful community. Mm. Uh, we, we knew our neighbors, we had like extended family there and then you know we just like we plucked our life and moved to you know across the the world and to to, to a place where like we barely knew anybody so i think that element mm. had impacted um both my family and i greatly um mm. but this is a lot to you know um appreciate about my life in Saudi, mm. uh, the community, the culture, uh, a lot of it, like a lot of who I am right now is, um, you know, thanks to how I grew up. Yeah, your upbringing um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then Vancouver had like really, like Vancouver, um, uh, like because I moved when I was 19. So I think I started experiencing different things in life um i went to college in vancouver uh i had to make new friends so all that uh, like the nine the the age of 19 was was quite it was was a big shift right Mm. you don't have your childhood friends who Uh like uh support you and stuff like that so i had to create all of these relationships uh from scratch uh uh, which is you know a really great skill to have Mm. um but yeah have you been back home to saudi um yeah I visited in 2019. Was it what you remembered it to be like or did it changed? Oh my God, it's changed drastically. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the politics there, but. Um... Somewhat aware. I mean, like very surface level, like we only get fed a certain amount of information. And I'm sure that the information that we get is probably inaccurate in a lot of ways. But yeah, mm-hmm. I do understand that there's a lot of unrest there at the moment, both politically and, you know, which is, it's terrible. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, like you, you talk to to the people there, and the the changes. Uh, some of them are very uh, like well executed, and people are adjusting. Um, but I think such drastic change in in a short period of time mm. has resulted in a lot of, um, you know, people who are like started questioning their faith or or this government that they've been mm. following all their life mm-hmm. um but that to say i think the next generation is gonna have a really i think a beautiful connection to the land and the culture mm. without having a lot of the shame that i grew up with um you know just you know being a woman or like right. doing things certain ways um, yeah. i think the next generation will have i hope a better better connection a better approach to life yeah no doubt i agree with you um a lot to unpack there what did your parents do when you were growing up my dad um my mom was was a stay-at-home mom Uh, my dad had his own business um he basically like had like a like a grocery store chain of sorts um so he worked a lot you know at uh 
with, with, with groceries, with food and stuff like that. And I remember he would like always pick me up from school and just like go to the store and like get all the candies that I can get my hands on. And <laughs> it's, it's yeah. quite fun like that. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And do you think that, you know, the, um, you know, your dad having the grocery store had sort of influenced you in the array of products out there and like you potentially being in love with all of the different brands and everything that's so familiar to you. And is that got something to, you know, could you tie back, tie the career that you've got now and you sort of focusing on product shoots to sort of those days as well? Is there like a thread that connects the two? Um, not that I can see clearly. Um, I think just growing up with my dad constantly talking about like, you know, food and groceries mm. and stuff like that mm -hmm. had made me appreciate the, the whole process a lot more. Um, and like, you know, he would like tell me about like specific brands and where they like, where they place it uh, in the store based on like the price tag and everything. So mm. all these things I kind of like got to hear about mm. without um truly seeing the benefit of it back then but mm. i wouldn't be surprised if subconsciously they still play a big role in what sure. i do or like how i do how i do my my work yeah. um but yeah nothing i can say um yeah that's interesting and at what point in your life did you realize that photography was something that you had your heart and soul deeply ingrained in um I think it was always, it's always been a hobby. Um, my older sister, she picked up the camera when she was younger and um, she would take like these beautiful uh, micro shots of like uh, flowers. Mm. Um, and I was always like very obsessed with them. And my dad uh, would always tell me about all these like, you know, film cameras that he used to have and how like, uh, interested he was in photography and how he like worked at a photography store and stuff like that yeah. and um, that was kind of like intriguing and and whenever I picked up a camera like both my sister and my dad would be very like encouraging or like you know just curious or like what am I taking pictures of like how am I doing it mm. uh, so that kind of I think how it started um, but um, it's always been like yeah I've just always been a hobby that I enjoyed um and then i think mid 2020 i was like oh i i enjoy the process of photography a lot more than what i was doing then which was graphic design mm -hmm. uh, and and so i i decided to switch and just do photography full time that's awesome did you start off um developing film in a dark room and sort of that part of the process sort of the more manual or were you digital right from the start I was digital right from the start. Yeah. I've actually never like used a film camera, uh, which is which is wild because my dad has always wanted to yeah. kind of take me through it and yeah. teach me. Um, which is I I I wish one day we get to do it. Um, it's magic. But... It's magic working in a dark room. It's something that I did. It? Yeah, it was. So I must have just got on the tail end of sort of like film. Um, I was studying in 2003 in Melbourne. I was doing a design course and one of the components, one of the units was photography. And I was fortunately um, gifted a, a film camera from my um, grandfather, a beautiful SLR. And uh, yeah, I was taking photos and developing them at uni. And it was awesome. Like being in that oh dark room, it's magic. And it's really cool because like you don't know what you're going to see. Like you don't know what's going to appear. It's it's awesome. Yeah. It's a really fun That's process. That's wonderful. Mm. Yeah, I I just met up a friend who 
is very into film photography and I've asked him if he we can hang out this weekend and and he can like teach me some like basic film stuff yeah. and he had agreed so I think that's very exciting uh I'll report back on how it goes yeah. uh, and I think he has access to a dark room so yeah I I think I'll get to experiment pretty soon yeah it's funny so my sister-in-law who lives in Toronto as well is a wedding photographer she's amazing and she has a very specific aesthetic to her um artwork as well and uh but mm-hmm. her father was a photographer and he used to obviously shoot everything with film and he used to do wedding photography too and I was talking to Mel and I was like you know um can you imagine the stress of shooting a wedding with film and not knowing exactly what you've got? Cause you can like scroll through your photos, take a couple more. If you're not content, you know, you've got an endless, it's not like you're going to run out of film anymore. Like it's just a totally different like mindset. Whereas I can imagine you'd be counting your shots, figuring out how many you've got left on a, on, you know, a reel of film and then just trying to figure out like, yeah, it'd be a, just a totally different approach to wedding photography. I can imagine something like a documentary yeah. style of it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, I think big part of why wedding photography is stressful nowadays is because you always have to catch the moment. So I wonder when they used to do it like by film, like, was was it more like intentional? Was it like more like, okay, let's, you know, sit there, stand there, let the moment happen kind of thing? Yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's fascinating how our tools kind of changes how, how we go about like these events. Yeah. You might have a second shooter, like somebody trying to capture those candid moments. And then you trying to figure out like, you know, more structured photographs. I can imagine that could potentially work. That's how Mel does her wedding photos at the moment or wedding shoots right now. Like she'll have a second shooter working with her, but um, it's an absolute pleasure watching her work. Like she's so professional and I've got nothing but respect and admiration for photographers. It's a, it's a hell of a skill to have photography. Like you're framing everything in your mind before you take the shot and you see things that other people don't like you just look at the world very very differently mm-hmm. so yeah nothing but respect for the work that you all do um we're seeing an emergence of ai right now in the world and you know um the creation of ai art and imagery and so on all you have to do mm-hmm. is like just type it into the chat button something will appear what does that mean to you Oh, I'm still trying to figure that out because um, I was at an event the other day and, you know, everybody's like voicing their concerns that they'll be. At. And it was like an AI event specifically mm. for like creatives. Um, oh, wow. So everybody everybody was like, oh, like, are you going to be out of jobs? Because like, you know, for the longest time, everybody was like, AI can't replace creatives mm. in a way because, mm-hmm. you know, we come up with like original work or we hope to. Um but then the the facilitator said um, AI is not going to replace um, it's not going AI is not going to replace creatives, but it will replace a creative who doesn't work with AI. Yeah. And I yeah. found that to be interesting. I'm just trying trying to figure out how to implement that in my work. Mm. Um, and I'm sure there are ways out there. Um, but yeah, like I don't know if you've heard of was it was it Levi's who wanted to do a, a campaign doesn't surprise me yeah AI. they were yeah. like oh because we want to like have diverse we want to have diversity or like we want to like make sure we we highlight diverse models and i'm like you just hired and go and models. get some diverse models yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds like it's, an excuse it's, to me yeah the way they're framing yeah. things i'm like this is absolutely wrong um yeah. uh but yeah ai is such an interesting thing and i've, I've i have 
them um, creative friends who have been really using it to their uh, advantage and, you know, um, yeah, just very, very admirable. Mm. Uh, I think I think there's definitely a benefit there if we um, invest some time to really get to know the, the technology behind it and how we mm. can uh, use it in our uh, favor rather than be scared yeah. of it. I couldn't agree more. I'm using it as a personal assistant right now and helping me sort of reduce the amount of time that I spend on simple tasks. Um, there's no substitute for actually putting in the work though. you like, that's when you actually learn and absorb information and to just pass something off as your own work when it's created by artificial intelligence is a totally different base. So yeah, I'm, I don't know what the future looks like either. Obviously, like there will be a huge and dramatic change in the landscape of the jobs that humans will keep and the jobs that will be taken by artificial intelligence. Like think of like a bookkeeper or simple accounting sort of tasks or, mm. you know, copywriting or just like basic stuff like that. I think all of that's going to go by the wayside and then we're going to have to sort of become somewhat of a, uh, you know, the, I guess the creative director, you know, just trying to sort of manipulate it and sort of mold it and turn it into the right product because I'm not sure if at first it's going to come up with the right solution. So it will take sort of, a nuanced approach to sort of figuring that out. But yeah, who knows what the next five years, 10 years, 15 years looks like. It's kind of crazy. I don't think any of yeah. us can actually anticipate what it's going to look like. No. It, yeah. It's, it's exactly what you said about like, maybe us like getting, being the, the creative directors mm. um, for that art. I just came across uh, a post from this food photographer that I've been following and she had this beautiful like mini cupcake on like a kitchen counter, mm-hmm. like really beautiful light, blurry backdrop, background. Mm-hmm. And and then in the caption, she says, this is like AI generated picture. Oh, wow. And then she's like, this is how this is how I, I uh, this is how this is what I typed to get that mm-hmm. image. Right. Yeah. And she like wrote like a big paragraph of like like detailing yeah like how big the the mini cupcake is like an executive how... summary essentially just she put the effort into writing an executive summary and then it did the work yeah exactly and yeah. i was just very fascinated by it because i was like yeah mm. machine still needs you to like mm-hmm. input all of these details and all these details come from experience so yeah no you're um, right there you go so yeah. let's talk about the specific photography that you do the human element of it all um can you walk me through sort of the mechanics of your photographic process or the process that you work with when you are working with a client um i guess the people that are listening to this show or the primary sort of listeners of this audience are your clients you know they're people business owners and operators of food-based cpg brands you know when i was scrolling on your website I've uh, had quite a few people on my show. Um, if I have a look, as we said before, I had the the um, crew from Zing. Uh, oh, I had, yeah, um, Melissa from Spreadham Kitchen. She's oh, awesome. No She's it's just amazing. down the road from yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were working with Jill at Fatso. She yeah. just sold the business. She uh, did. Yeah. yeah. Love the Grub. Yeah, really of course, we were talking about a layer at yeah. Love the Grub. So, I mean, that's just a handful all my favorites. Of, yeah, I love of, that. Of the clients that you've worked <laughs> with. So yeah, when uh, when you actually, you're approached by a brand, where do you start? What's the conversation look like? How do you go about it? The first step is um, to either ask them or request the shot list uh, mm-hmm. from them. Uh, some So some of them are like, oh, like, we love your work. How can we work together? Mm. Um, 
in other instances, it's like I they come to me and be like, we know exactly what we want. Uh, we have a, a list of pictures that we need to get ASAP. Um, how can we move forward, right? Um, so I feel like every project has slightly different process as, as much as I like to um, streamline everything, every product has its own needs and, and um, different ways I can support. Um, so from a shot list, um, so a shot list is basically is exactly what, 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 it, what it sounds like. It's a list of all the pictures that they need, detailing like what products to go um, in which picture, uh, the props, the purpose of it. Is it for content? Is it for ads? Yeah. Um, and what's the message they're hoping to get um, across, right? Um, and then from there, uh, we chat if if they have uh, they have done shoot before, uh, what worked, what hasn't, mm-hmm. um, what would they like to uh, improve on. If they haven't done any shoots before, then we try to like uh, figure out the the visual um, the visual style that aligns with the brand. So mm. we kind of draw inspiration from their existing branding elements like what are they doing on instagram what's their uh-huh. website looking like what the colors they're using um and then from there we kind of try to like find two to three um similar brand directions that we we appreciate and see how we can make it their own uh and that could you know happen with with colors with with different um style of props because you have you know a, a big range of like modern vintage all mm-hmm. that kind of thing so you have to like think about these things um as a brand element as well mm. um yeah and then from there i create um so i take all of that try to like you know make sense of it all uh try to make it as cohesive as possible because uh, at the end of the day we want to produce imagery that looks consistent rather mm. than um you know everything is, is slightly different we just want to make it look um like it belongs to this brand. Um, mm. And then from there, I create like a shoot plan. Basically, a shoot plan is a, a more um, detailed shot list with more visual um, elements uh, to it. So, Do you sort of sketch uh, that out or is that something you type or sort of what does that look like? That's something, it's like a, a, a doc, like an InDesign document right. that I then export into a PDF. Uh, but yeah, like the sketching will go before um mm-hmm. or while i'm working on the shoot plan uh like while i'll take every shot i'm like okay how do i envision this picture looking what are we trying to communicate what can we add to you know make it look more dynamic yeah. um there are times where i like i envision a picture and like i need like three to four reference shots to kind of communicate my concept to the client other times i have to like sketch it out really quickly my mm-hmm. sketching is is very basic it's nothing you know not that intricate it's just like just something to show like where everything is going to go um and then if i have some reference shots to like aid the 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 visual um direction that i want to take um and then this way um you know i can i can list exactly all the props i'll be using just in case they're like oh then we don't want this product doesn't make sense or like there are some um, brands who are like strictly like plant-based so make sure you don't add any like mm. i don't know like bacon crumbles or anything so yeah. you, you just have to like make sure you communicate everything as much as you can mm. um things can't change during the shoot uh but at least we have a good starting point that we both agree on right um so after i create that um 
uh, a doc, I send it to them and they have any comments, uh, if they have any notes, if it's all thumbs up, they let me know. And then from there, we take it to the shoot day. Um, I like to have my clients uh, online if they're not with me in person. I like to have them online. I share um, a live gallery through Capture One. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, as we take the pictures, they get to see it and they get to see like the, the, actual, the actual work we're doing and how like we're slowly building up the set. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of it, uh, if we're happy, with, if uh, the team and I are happy with it, we just shoot them a message and say, we, we're happy with the set. Let us know what you think. Um, and this is a good time for them to like envision where they will use it. Mm. So a lot of time, my clients will actually like take a screenshot and put it into like their their ad template or like yep. some, sometimes they want to make animation out of it. So they would do that really quick and be like, okay, we like it. Or like, can you, can you change this slightly? Um, so that, that really helps um, to not have any surprises at the end. Yeah. Like they know yeah. exactly where they're getting. Yeah every step um you're doing it with them yeah. in real time that's really cool getting instant feedback and making adjustments as required that's that would save a hell of a lot of time in the long run yeah and i feel like it also saves me a lot of anxiety yeah i have some fellow photographers you know who have their own processes and it works for them where they would just like shoot everything and then edit and just send it to the client mm -hmm. and if i were to do that i will be so anxious the whole time because i'm like what if they don't like it because yeah. like you know, at the end of the day, art is um, subjective, yep. and it's like yep. what works what wor works for you, what appeals to you, will be different mm. um, to the other person, right? Um, so, yeah, I try to always communicate what I'm hoping to do, and you know, if they come back to me with like they want something completely different, completely wild from or like completely different from from the show plan, that I go like, well, we did this because of this, so. Are you sure you want to change it? Mm -hmm. Just so, just so you know, we're we're not steering so far from the um, from from the dock that we we we've approved. Um, yeah, there's a lot to it. And then, so you build out the um, the set. The client gets like some insight as to the work that you're doing. You can make some adjustments on the fly so that you know that you're giving them the product that they're asking for. And then once sort of that's all approved, how much time are you spending in post-production doing editing and, you know, squaring everything away as a tight little package so that you can hand something over as a deliverable? I like to give myself a two-week window mm -hmm. just in case, you know, I need some more time. But I want to say, like, every project kind of ranges between, like, the edit, the post-production um, uh, part of it takes about... 10 to 20 hours, sometimes even more if it's a more mm -hmm. complex set. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I like to give myself some time. Um, usually we nail the edits from first round. Sometimes they're a little bit extra of like, can you change this color a little bit or this food looks a bit different. So things like that. Um, I like to keep it a little bit uh, more collaborative and, and fluid and we change as we go. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Your, uh, your photography is like art gallery sort of like quality. Like I can imagine like it being shown in an art gallery. And you know, the graphic design is really critical. Like everybody in the whole creative process is really critical. But what I found with a lot of your work, if you look at it, and I've got the links down in the show notes for everybody so you can jump on Dawes website and have a scroll through and you'll know exactly what I mean. But you're almost the piece of the puzzle that sets the persona and the tone for the brand itself. 
like you're the one that ties it all together. You're you're really like, yeah, it's awesome. Thank I'm just you. looking at it right now. Yeah, I, I really it's appreciate beautiful. it. And Thank you're right you. about the color. There's so much color in there. Yeah, sometimes uh, rarely when I get briefs that don't have a lot of colors, I'm like, can we squeeze in a color too? Just yeah. to make it pop. Um, you, you use light and shadow really, really well too, in yeah. a way that a lot of people don't. Like you're not afraid to use light and cast shadows. Very rarely mm-hmm. do you see shadows like that. People try and eliminate shadows. It's really interesting, isn't it? I, yeah, I honestly, like, even, even now I have some clients who during the show will be like, oh, can we soften the shadows a little bit? No. And it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit tricky for me because I'm like, yeah. um, this is, this is the kind of direction we approved and this mm-hmm. is why you like them at my work. So mm-hmm. why are you shying away when it comes to your brand? Right. Yeah. And I think it's because it, it could look a little bit too bold or, or yeah. too much, yeah. but I'm like, you gotta, you just gotta own it. Um, yeah. And I think one big part of like, which I always tell my clients, like whenever they uh, in- inquire for a product or anything, um, as much as I, as a creative, try to tailor to the brand's vision and style, mm-hmm. they also have to be, um, like, they have to also consider that my style is my style and they're going to get that's my That's what I was going to say. Right? Yeah, that's why they hire um, you. That's why people yeah, come to you, you know? Yeah, and it's like, if, if you think your brand doesn't align with my style, by all means, like, do what works for your brand right yeah um like if you want soft shadows i'm sure there are plenty of beautiful photographers who yeah. do it very well i just feel like yeah brands like they 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 have to like kind of go with the photographer that aligned with with their preferred style yeah. rather than try to like um change because mm-hmm. that wouldn't come as naturally to any creative if they're yeah. trying to do something completely different right yeah um yeah where do you source all of your props from like i'm looking here like for example like the cutlery that you're using uh the mugs and the the ceramic wear like where are you sourcing everything from for the and are they sourced specifically for the photo shoot or do you sort of have like a collection that you draw from honestly a little bit of both um i mainly now that i'm in toronto there are a lot of uh prop rental houses so um they all like i think there's like at least five that i know of um which is surprising because there aren't a lot in vancouver um what are they sorry really prop rentals prop rentals yeah okay yeah so it's like literally like a a big warehouse a big room of Mm -hmm. of shelves and shelves and shelves of like props like it looks like wonderland for yeah to be like an antique store sort of thing yeah Exactly. You just like walk there and you have like every style of cutlery, every color Mm. of of tableware. Like you exactly like you'll find what you want kind of thing. So which is is really exciting. Like sometimes when I'm like out of ideas or out of inspiration, I just like go there and like put things together and I'm on a table. I'm like, okay, this this could look cool for this shot, right? Mm -hmm. So it was very exciting. Um, but also like I really source from everywhere, like 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 re- like winners or or home sense, uh, sometimes Amazon. I have I have a collection of of props with me um, that I collected over time, but I feel like the um, the 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 flaw in that is that I keep 
I end up like using the same props yeah. in different projects. Yeah. And yeah. no client would love that, right? Like they don't <laughs> yeah. want to they don't want to see the same uh, yeah. cups yeah. from like different, especially like if they're all like uh, like a smaller scale businesses and they know each other, right? Like yeah. they don't want to yeah. they don't want to see something similar like that, which is to- totally fair. Um, so I try to keep it product by bot product by product basis. Mm. Um, but like there are times where I'd be like, you know, shooting uh, from from my home with a stylist and the stylist goes like, oh, like I really like this plate in your kitchen. I'm just going to take it and I'm just like use it in the shot. So it's really a little bit of everything, like yeah. whatever we can find and helps elevate mm. the, the shot. We'll do it. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, that's cool. What's your favorite part of the process? Is it the actual shoot? Is it building of the the set? Is it, you know, working with various businesses in that they're all got their own sort of nuance and feel to them? What is it that you love about it? I really enjoy um, the first like call we have where like they tell me about their brand and their vision and my brain just like goes mm-hmm. like, you know, just like it to different dimension of like just imagining things and like brainstorming and just trying to figure out how to might make this product stand out from the rest because you know it's a different brand and needs to um uh look somewhat unique um i love that part uh it's a lot of challenges uh but also like a lot of possibilities like mm-hmm. it's really uh limitless um i i really enjoy like collaborating with my stylist or like any creatives that i'm working with like just like you know, whenever I have like a wild idea, I just like sketch it up and like send it to them. Like, how do you th- what do you think about this? Is it doable? Can we do it? Um, I really enjoy the planning part of mm. uh, every project. Um, my least favorite is post-production, but that's okay. <laughs> I've heard that, but you can always outsource that too, can't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Let's talk about influence. So, I mean, like we're all influenced by different things in life. When you are doing a photo shoot, do you have music playing? Like what influences you in the moment? What influences you to sort of, you know, I guess the thing that I'm trying to ask is like, it's it's kind of critical to ensure that you're capturing the client's vision, but you're also providing your own creative input. Like that's exactly why they're hiring you, as you said before, but like you're obviously influenced by things. So, you know, what is your major influence? What do you draw from daily this will sound funny, but the sun is really um, is my main source of inspiration, mainly because like the way the light changes throughout the day, mm. the way it changes based on like what surface it's hitting, like what's the 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 distance between the sun and the object, and you know how the shadows reflecting. That to me is like mind blowing. Like today I was visiting my sister and she was like, how is the weather there? I was like, it's, it's bright, but cloudy. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like how could it be cloudy and bright and also like casting strong shadows? Cause in my mind, I'm like a cloudy uh, weather means, you know, diffused light. Yeah. It's diffused. Shadows, yeah. Right? yeah. 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 I'm like, that's just like, what is it about the light right now? Hmm. that can cast strong shadows you know yeah so that's kind of what goes in my brain every time like I see an interesting light um I think I really really enjoy lighting and I think it's such a powerful tool and imagery and like 
you know, uh, stage and everything because like it changes the mood, it evokes yeah. something, yeah, and uh, makes you feel excited or like down, like all these kind of things. And like, what's the temperature of the light? Like all of that mm-hmm. just plays so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just like love just watching the sun and watching the sunlight reflecting on things. It's like, you know, um, yeah. I get that. I get it. And that's what I meant at the start of the conversation when I said I've got nothing but respect for the way that photographers see the world and think. It's a, it's Maybe it's just like an artistic sort of like view of the world. I've got to ask a personal question. You can answer it yes or no. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I've talked okay. about psychedelics quite a bit on this podcast because I, I love mm-hmm. psychedelics, the impact that they have on your mental health. Your outlook and approach to life can completely shift. Have you ever done mushrooms? Because the reason I ask is because when I had my first mushroom trip, it was an experience that I'll never forget. And I saw light mm. in a completely different way. Like the, really? it was, yeah, it was during the day I was outside with my mates. It was a sunny afternoon. The sun was going down over the course of a few hours. The light blew my mind. I'd never seen the world lit in the way that it was. It was, right. it was just my, it was life-changing. It was a life-changing experience. And I've had a few of those moments since, but it was really only through sort of like the clearing of the mind in the psychedelic experience that allowed me to see the world in that way. And maybe that's how you see the world every day. I don't know. Have you ever done mm. mushrooms? I have not, but okay. I've been, I've been really wanting to. You should. Um, yeah. I yeah, like I have a few friends and I'm like, okay, I because I've also heard that mushroom trip could get you in a really good place or a bad place. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, like every time somebody had offered me to like yeah. do it, I'm like, oh, I'm really in a bad yeah. like space mentally. So yeah. I, I don't want to have a bad trip, right? No, I get that. Um, it's set and setting for sure. You've got to be around the right people if it's your first experience for sure. Uh the place where you do it, the emotions that you're feeling, the time in life that you're having the experience yes it's all critical but yeah i hope that you have that experience one day it's amazing yeah i hope so too uh yeah the way i hear people talk about their experiences i'm like that sounds amazing like i would Mm -hmm. love to experience it at least once in my life so yeah yeah well you'll experience it once and you'll be like i'm going back for more (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure but anyway that was a uh, little side story about my experience with light and it yeah totally Mm -hmm. changed my perception of the world and you know the experience that I had in that moment was incredible. Yeah, it's really cool. So yeah. light is inspirational to you as well. That's nice to hear because, you know, as a photographer, like light is everything. You know, you learn how to, you know, work with the aperture of your camera, especially back when you're working with film as well because you didn't want to yeah. overexpose something. And now so now it's probably not as um, important when you're working with a digital camera because like it probably in a lot of cases auto, you know, corrects a lot of things for you. Yeah, yeah. Um... Speaking of light and everything, I was um, I I I saw my first um, uh, Broadway show in New York oh, like cool. last year, yeah, um, and it was Lion King, and the the, the lighting there was phenomenal, mm. and I remember thinking to myself, I was like, if I ever decide to change careers and not mm. be a photographer, I would definitely consider like a, a lighting engineer, whatever they do, yeah. <laughs> they're called lighting. Yeah manager like whatever that is i would absolutely like love it um yeah that's intriguing yeah it's amazing what you can see you know there are so many different career paths did you ever consider any other career paths like you mentioned that you were studying graphic design and you shifted into photography but was there anything else that was on the back burner for a while that you were tossing up between no not really i 
I was like back in high school, I was really good at like math and like science and like all mm-hmm. these kind of subjects. I was never really good at art. Um, and so I never thought of myself as an artist mm-hmm. uh, or a creative um until one day my friend kind of like gave me this like one of those like like million question tests where like they tell you what you're good at and yeah. you should do it kind of thing a Myers-Briggs um, so, or something like that yeah yeah pretty much and um and what the, the, I think they gave me like, two other options I don't remember what it is like a pharmacist or something and one of them was graphic designer and I was like okay like I see it because I'm like I'm very um like I'm very detail-oriented but I also like to like play and like um just think of like wild ideas so i think the the merge of these two um yeah like helped with with graphic design and, and i studied graphic design and i i worked as a graphic designer for a bit and then i i made the made the shift to do photography mm. uh full-time because i just like the process of it a lot better a lot more mm. um it was a lot less back and forth uh, like if you're a designer you have like endless drafts of like you know the same poster mm. so mm-hmm. uh, that felt a little bit a lot for me and um yeah that's interesting you said you're one of six children one of six girls so you're one sixth of the family what percentage of the family would you consider of the girls that, like your siblings would be artistic and sort of what side of the brain are they all using or are you all artistic or some are sort of more focused on numbers or how are you guys all divided up amongst your careers and in life so far, I would say two out of six are creative. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the other two of six, uh, they're still trying to figure out who they are and what they want to do. So I, I, I haven't seen any uh, preference between being artistic yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or not. Um, and then, yeah, the other two are very much like, uh, they're like all about like numbers and yeah. uh, I mean, one of my sisters, uh, she does uh, occupational therapy. So I guess that could also be somewhat creative. Yeah, she mechanics. With kids. Yeah. Yeah. She also like, works with kids and she always mm-hmm. tried to like figure out a way to like communicate things with them. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's also considered, you know, creative. It's just mm. in a different format. Mm. It's amazing the parts that we have. And everybody says it like siblings are all so similar, but yet they're all so different right out of the gate. It's amazing to sort of see, especially considering, you know, DNA and the way that it works. And you look back at, you know, family members and there's so much likeness between, you know, people through the generations and yeah, it's weird. Like genetics is strange in itself, but yeah, that's interesting to hear how it's sort of broken up amongst the six of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all really inspire each other. Uh, Like my sisters are my biggest cheerleaders. Uh, They always like, like wow like how did you do this picture like you're just so fascinated and I love that because uh just shows such a you know they're 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 curious and they have such admiration and it's it's very nice to to see that and try to like really know like they don't know anything about like photography or like how does it work so for me to walk them through all of that and try to make it make sense for them is is very cool too um yeah that's interesting I often think like Sales is interesting. I work in sales and sales you could consider is, you know, is it art or is it science? Like, is it a process and a procedure that you can follow like a step-by-step walking through the sales funnel to close a deal that can be taught, but there is also sort of a creative element that's required as well. Like an artistic 
you know, uh, component to it in that the conversation, the art of the conversation, the art of teasing out, you know, the needs and the desires of somebody to help mm-hmm. them solve a problem or find a solution for their needs. Um, that can't be taught to some degree. Like it can, it can rub off on you vicariously, like just through observation, mm-hmm. but it's, you've either got it or you don't. When it comes to photography mm-hmm. and the artistic process, if you were to get one of your sisters that was considered not so creative, do you think that you could walk her through the process and train her to a high level? Or do you think that you need to be artistic artistic in nature to take it to the next level? Hmm. I don't think you necessarily have to be artistic to get to that level. I think I'm trying to think what, what the, the trait that that I want to um, highlight. I think I think you you have to somehow not take yourself so seriously. Like mm. you're okay with like uh, trying and failing. I think mm. that element helps getting yourself, you know, to the next level or learning more. Um, I know some of my sisters are very like, I gotta get it right the first time. It's mm-hmm. gonna be perfect. I'm like, this is not gonna work for you well. Mm. Uh, like in, in terms of like the creative process, right? Because it's like very messy. There, mm. It's very like up and down. Um, you have to somehow ground yourself and um, make sure your anxieties don't take over. Because mm. once they do, your your process will be like, you know, absolute crap. So like, um, don't I overthink think maybe- it. Sort of is what you're suggesting. Don't overthink it, but also like as cheesy as it sounds, just like believe that you're capable of doing this thing. Yeah. Because that's where all the anxiety kind of come in. It's like, oh, like this product is too big for me. Or like, oh no, I can't do this. I'm not creative enough. Just having that trust uh, to your core that this is this is going to be up and down. It's going to mm. be challenging. Mm-hmm. But I know at the end of the day, I'm going to make it work. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver something that I'm proud of. I think just having that belief to ground you and anchor you. Mm-hmm throughout a very chaotic process is very essential. Mm. As an artist, you know, it's one thing to be very good at the creative process and put out an amazing product. And then it's another thing to go out on your own and run your own business. Mm. How do you find those two mesh? Um, it, I don't, it really takes a lot of practice. Um, and it takes discipline to be able to turn on and off the creative side of you or the business side of you. Mm. Um, what I found is useful is like dedicating specific days for each. Mm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the menstruation cycle mm-hmm. or if this is appropriate, but I have, I've been, um, kind of, uh, keeping an eye on my, on my cycle mm. and for for people who who menstruate, it's you. We have like uh, different levels of of hormones mm. and throw out the different cycle, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, throughout the cycle. So when estrogen is really high, which happens after our periods, we get very creative. We get very like energetic, and we want to mm-hmm. like go outside and do things. So that's when I like to schedule most of my um, beginning of projects or like brainstorming, um, sketching, all these kind of things. I like to kind of uh, schedule it during that time and then as estrogen goes lower um we get a little bit more um lower energies but we are very sharp like we mm. can 
um, like uh, revise things or like really pay attention to smaller d- details. Mm. Uh, and that's when I like to like edit or like even shoot. Mm. Um, so I like to kind of work within that cycle to help me uh, manage the different aspects and different needs of my business. Um, yeah, I've, I've been doing that for a couple of years now and I found it really, really useful. Um, that's instead awesome. of like working. Yeah. Instead of working against your nature, you know, work with it. Um, yeah. yeah. And being in tune with your body. I mean, holy shit. Like we live in our body. Of course, there's going to be cycles, you know, there's moon cycles, there's cycles of the season. Everything's a cycle over the course of a month. You have peaks and valleys that we all yeah. navigate. And it's really cool to hear that you've aligned yourself with your natural cycle as well. Who told you about that? Like, is that, is that like a Persian thing? Like, where does that come from? What is, sorry? Like aligning yourself with your cycles. Like it's something that I've never heard of, but maybe that's because I'm a guy and it's just never come up on my radar, but I've never heard it mentioned before like that. Yeah, I think a lot of, I think we're getting a lot more information yeah. and educational pieces of our cycle, which is, I'm very grateful. Yeah. Um, I've read this book called Period Power. I don't remember the author, like Macy Hill, I think. Okay. Um, and it was absolutely mind-blowing. It, like, it divides a cycle into four seasons and yeah. each season yeah. has its own superpowers mm-hmm. and weaknesses. And you have to just like, met, like figure out a way to work through it. Mm. Um, through the, through the weaknesses, but also like you know, um, like really use the superpowers and like don't try to fight it if mm. if, if, if you have to kind of thing. Because like I'm, there are days where I'm like, oh my god, I have so much energy. Like I need to like be creative right now, but like I need to like sit through meetings or I yeah. need to like edit really quick. Um, so just figuring out a way to manage that and not feel like your body is working against you. Mm. Um. Yeah, and I really hope more creatives, especially creatives who menstruate, to tap into it because uh, it helps a lot with the anxieties and then just the conflicting feelings about your body and why is it not collaborating with yeah. me, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you meditate? I don't, know. No, I'm just wondering, like, is there anything that you do to slow down and listen to your body to align yourself, you know, with your body like what do you do to listen like i'm sure listening and you know tuning into your body is a, a critical piece of the puzzle here yeah i i literally like there are some evenings where i would just i think cooking my own dinner is mm. very uh therapeutic for mm. me uh just like putting on some really good music really like enjoying every step of the, of, the, of the meal and then I would literally just like sit eat my dinner look out the window for like an hour or so just like really <laughs> reflecting um I like audio journaling I don't know if yeah, you cool. tried it basically, no. basically just like record yourself talking and talking and talking okay. um, and I found that really helpful because sometimes just like I sometimes like interrupt my thoughts yeah. and just like be like, okay, like just let's not think about this right now. Let's just think about it later. Um, but then once you have this space to just like talk it out loud and say yeah. it out loud. And then sometimes yeah. if I need clarity, I would listen to it again. Yeah. And that would help like put things into perspective. Um, so that's kind of how like I unwind and just like get back with my body. Uh, just like really feed myself a good meal, just mm. sit there and just like let let myself be. Um, yeah, I, I quite enjoy that. Yeah, no, I don't doubt it for a second. I'd enjoy it too. There's something about the way that we order our thoughts when we talk out loud or when we write. 
you, mm. you know, you, I've listened to quite a few podcasts and it's like, it's the process of journaling. It's the process of writing, of writing an essay, of structuring your thoughts, working yeah. through them, talking them out aloud that really sort of like sets yourself in order. And you mm. also get a really good understanding as to who you are and, you know, why you have a certain position on certain topics when you have an opportunity to talk through it. Yeah. That is a skill that I can see being lost in time because kids aren't being taught how to handwrite anymore. Typing isn't mm. the same as handwriting because you're not committing it to memory through a functional pro or through a physical process like writing. Mm. Typing is very different. <clears throat> Talking out aloud will always have. But I can see this is one of my issues if we sort of like tie this back to artificial intelligence, like as a student in today's sort of era of artificial intelligence and it only improving and speeding up over time, I can see the art of writing and structuring your thoughts and ideas being mm. lost. And I wonder what that means for our psychological health and, uh, and how that's going to impact us on our beliefs and the way that we think through ideas and so on. It's interesting. I hope that yeah. we still make time for ourselves to sit and eat and, you know, slow down. I think it's really important. Otherwise, if you don't have that solid idea of who you are, what do you like, how you structure mm. things and mm -hmm. beliefs, you're going to be influenced by everything yep. around you. Mm -hmm. And you'll always be in conflict with yourself because you're constantly just like taking sometimes opposite ideas and trying to integrate it mm. um, in your life. And that's, yeah, I, yeah, I've, I've recently um, uh, been living alone and just having that space of mm. like completely listening to myself and my energy without any influence has uh -huh. been absolutely like life changing. Mm. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm almost 29, but I'm always like, I, I'm always like, I feel like I've always been influenced by energies and people who are around me. But now that I have my own space, I always have the the, the the time to ground myself and just really dig deep and like, do I like this? Do I not like this? Uh, what does that mean to me? And just like having that time to reflect is, yeah. is very sensible. Yeah. Don't wish it away. Enjoy it. Enjoy that time to yourself for sure. Yeah. No yeah. worries. Um, we've covered a lot of ground on this conversation. I really enjoyed it. That was a good chat. Thank you. Me too. Yeah, this was, uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure where we'll go, but this is absolutely wonderful. No, good. Like, I, I knew we'd go off on a few different directions, which is what I like about my podcast in that we've got a lot yeah. of creative freedom to go off on any tangents that we like. Thank you so much mm -hmm. for giving us a little bit of insight into your um, process, your artistic process and working with uh, the clients. Um, mm -hmm. If anybody wanted to reach out and learn a little bit more about what you can do for somebody's business, um, what's the best way for them to go about it? Uh, you can email me uh, doa, D-O-A-A dot M-Q at gmail.com or you can find me through Instagram at doa jamal underscore. Perfect. And like I said at the start, I'll have everything down in the show notes so people can just scroll on in, click on the links and they'll be able to find you there. Um, doa, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, good luck on your continued success. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time, your energy. This has been absolutely great. Yeah, welcome. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Thanks again for listening to episode 124 with Doa today. If you have any questions or comments from today's episode, or you'd like to get in touch with me to see how I can assist you with your packaging or packaging equipment, all of the links that you need and uh, to find me can be down in the show notes below. All right. Thanks again. And I hope to have you all back here next week for another great conversation. Cheers. Cheers.